Hello, welcome to The Parent Panel, a weekly podcast that aims to lighten the load of parenting through laughter and wisdom, both of these shared by the real experiences of our guests. Our mum is a journalist who has worked in radio and television, most recently as the news presenter on Weekend Sunrise. Our dad is a former MasterChef contender, author and all-round amazing cook. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not at all. Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Talitha Cummins is our mum today, journalist and TV presenter. She is right there in the trenches with her two children, a toddler about to turn three, and a baby that's only four months old. Hello. Hello. And and congratulations for turning up without, I can't see any baby vomit. No, no. Like, my, this, or poo. This very uh, long jacket is concealing <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff underneath. And you're Brilliant. right. I'm firmly in the trenches at the moment. My bubba is about four and a half months old, and um, I've had no sleep, and Baby brain, if you want to understand how that works, you'll see the wheels in motion that, today. That is a demonstration. Mm. Well, th- those were very coherent sentences, so okay. I'm not convinced just I'm, yet. I'm following right. it perfectly. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Let's see. And our dad is Aaron Harvey, author of some of the best cookbooks for families, according to me, who can't cook very well. And me. And, me. <laughs> and you, Aaron. Good. Yes, I'm glad I you agree see. with myself. <laughs> I've got to say, it's the what is the one that I love the most? It's there's a pork... Um, I want to say tonkotsu, but I think that's wrong. Is that wrong? Uh, yeah, it, it it is wrong. I, I don't have one of those in my cookbooks. Um, I, I have done them, but yeah, I think What's that's on a show called, I do called Pimp My Noodles. Oh, uh, well, where we yeah. go. So it was, well, I didn't do that. There's one in your cookbook that was for, um, uh, it's for the families as well. It's a Japanese dish with pork and rice and- Katsudon. That's it. That's See, it yum. That's there good. You go. Delicious. Yes. And if I can cook it, Talitha- Really? Anyone can Are cook you it. suggesting I'm not a good cook? Yes, or? that's exactly okay. what she was saying. Okay, that was quite that's, offensive, actually, to start off, but, but that's okay. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> and I'd just like to point out that I actually have arrived with an outfit that looks like I'm covered in baby vomit. It's the same colour as. Uh, that's just years it's, of experience yeah. here. Well, I would have said baby poo because it's mustard. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Either or. It's been too long. Well, your daughter is now four. <laughs> she is. Uh, less uh, feces covering me these days than well, there was. Fabulous. <laughs> yes, it is kind of fabulous. <laughs> I feel like we've started on such a strong yes, front. Yes, Let's I've do this. I've insulted Talitha before yep. I yep. start, said that your cardigan looks like it's covered in hey, baby poo. Hey, we've only just begun. Let's see where let's we can take it. Let's see how far we can go. Yeah. Well, today we will be able to because we're talking about push presents, yep. mum bods, and parent porn, which sounds a bit risque, but I promise you it's oh. all G-rated, depending on our guests, of course. First up, though, would you follow Meghan Markle's steps and home birth? You didn't even come and visit me when I was in the hospital having the baby. Childbirth, is, it's a natural thing. It's beautiful. Sitting at home worrying about giving birth to a 16-pound baby is not fun. All right, I'm just going to put on a pair of gloves and we'll deliver this baby. So, I mean, she could be giving birth in the cab. See, I'm fine. Besides, I would never give birth under a tree. This week, writer and regular guest on the parent panel, Holly Wainwright, wrote about Meghan Markle choosing to birth her baby at home. Now, of course, that baby is in the world and both Megan and her son are doing well. That's after an obstetrician from the Royal College of Gynecology guffawed over her choice to home birth. In the article, Holly quotes Professor of Midwifery Hannah Darlin, 
And this is what she says. For the mother, home birth is a safe is safer on every single level. They have less intervention, less perineal tearing, less bleeding, better recover and better breastfeeding rates. Talitha, you probably have not forgotten your most recent childbirth experience. Given the information available to hand and the fact that a royal has now done it, mm-hmm. would you choose to home birth? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I actually really enjoyed childbirth. Um, I was induced and I had plenty of drugs. I didn't wow. have a birth plan. and that I just said just drugs. And um, that really worked for me. As for doing it at home, there's not a chance. <laughs> um, I um, I think my my husband has the weakest stomach um, to the point where he changes nappies and he has this involuntary, uh, 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 you know, kind of thing <laughs> while he's doing it. So I don't think he's he would um, he would you cope. know cope with that. I th- I think the Royal Australian College of um, Obstetricians say that it is safest to have your child at the hospital. So, I mean, each to their own. I'm happy if, you know, obviously mum wants to go and do that at home, but it's not something that I would consider. I understand completely that Megan would want to do that because, um, you know, obviously exposure in a hospital is not ideal when you're a royal. Mm. Mm. Aaron, thinking back to when your little girl was born, Mm. how would you have felt about it if Natalie said... I, I'm actually assuming. Did did you have a home birth? Not that I recall. No. <laughs> um, let me first say that I, I take most of my parenting advice and tips from the Kardashians and royals <laughs> awesome. and celebrity trends. Um, look, <laughs> if I may for a moment put my serious hat on, um, I think as a partner uh, supporting a pregnant person, there is a, uh, a tightrope that you walk. You must... For one, support a a woman's right to choose her body, her decisions. But you enter into a contract when you have a child, and that contract is, is that you will do everything to take care of that child and keep it out of harm's way. We live in an age where there has never been more information at hand. Uh, And that information, we must understand, is peppered with opinion, agendas, and misinformation. So these decisions that we make... Uh, really shouldn't be made lightly and should be made with a lot of different opinions, consultations. Um, My personal opinion, I wouldn't put my kid in a car without a seatbelt. I wouldn't not, you know, I would have my child vaccinated against disease and I would have my child in a hospital because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Megan ended up in the hospital, did she not? Oh, you know, if only I was a proper royal watcher, I could tell you the well, answer to that. I think that she did, but look, I, I oh, think... Elise is nodding her head and Elise would there know. There you go. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that what we need to do here is have more options for women in hospital. And I think that uh, medical practitioners and professionals need to have a little less arrogance and a little bit more listening and understanding and inclusion uh, and a better bedside manner. And I think that that might be... A solution to this. Yeah, problem. you're right. I think that was very elitist. That um, that obstetricians, yeah. you know, response to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, a woman's got to be able to have an opinion about how they want to give birth. That opi- an opinion, like anything else, though, can be wrong or right. Yeah, it's just you've got to be able to. You've got to respect talk about it stuff. as well. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think uh, it's interesting because I 
remember a friend of mine from uni telling me she was going to home birth Mm -hmm. or or that she did home birth and that was the only way she'd give birth. And this was someone um, I knew to be very... Uh, very intelligent and and think through things. She had a journalistic background, so I know that she'd done. I knew she'd done the research, and I completely dismissed it straight off the bat. But since um, working on Feed Play Love and speaking to lots of people, particularly Hannah Darlin's come on the show quite a bit, and she's a professor of midwifery. Um, it is so interesting because um, there is so much information saying that it is better for women to birth at home, even though I know that if I was offered the choice. I wouldn't birth at home either. But the reason why I wouldn't is more because of fear than thinking it would be a bad outcome for myself or my baby because both of my pregnancies were low risk. My fear is what they talk about a lot in in, um, having a baby, that women have so much fear that they um, don't allow their bodies to, like, I mean... (laughs) When I say naturally, I'm yes. well aware of the pain yes. of childbirth. Yes. And, and I just didn't want to be in a position where I couldn't have drugs. So it's kind of an interesting question for me because I think women who choose to birth at home who are low risk are, are very brave. But it's an interesting... I, I find it interesting that a midwife would recommend would would say that. Um, well, it's not free birthing and that's the distinction. Like they say you can birth at home but you need a professional, you need a midwife with all the stuff, mm. that, the heart monitor, the whatever they might need. But <laughs> don't you want to bring medical... your child into the safest possible environment? How long does it take for an ambulance? If something does go wrong and in childbirth it often does... Yeah. How long does it take for an ambulance to come? And Ambo's, you know, two or three minutes, four minutes, five minutes? Mm. And what can happen in that time? I couldn't agree with you more. And and I think that, look, the thing is, if you chose to have a child at home and just God forbid that something went wrong Mm. and you lost that child, living with that and that decision and the consequence of that decision, that, that's a very hard thing for someone who's, you know, gone through losing a child. I would hate to have that. And that's not to say that that's what's going to happen or whatever. But for me personally, I just want to take as lit, as much risk as I can out of men, as many things to do with my child as possible. And Absolutely. I think that's you know? probably the, the, the place where we're at now is that most people do want to take the risk out, um, but they also need to understand what the risks are in medical yes. intervention and, and working out that is is an interesting process. Like I said, mm. with all the information in front of me, I would still go to hospital, but that was more about my sense Your of, yeah. Feeling safer there. Yeah, because yes. it's kind of that idea as well about the minority of, you know, there are a few cases and, of course, even a few cases of babies being harmed or dying at home is I enough a, for you not to do it. I yes. saw a doctor, by the way, drop a child on the head just after birth in a hospital um, mm. this week, there was a, a footage wow. released of it. So yeah. I don't think anything's perfect. Mm. You know, I don't think no matter which way we go, there's inherent risk. I think it's about risk minimization, you know, more than and anything. And what you're Absolutely. comfortable with. Yeah, what you're comfortable with yeah. Perth. Exactly. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, no, it's you're all right. Keep, We've still got keep 20 Keep me minutes. on track here. Okay. Yeah, yeah awesome. you're doing well. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying not to insult you again. <laughs> Look, it's all right. I what about once per segment? Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. One right. insult per segment. Well, no worries. Perfect. I can sit with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Chuck a couple this way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, next we're talking about push presents, yay or oh. nay. I forgot to get your present. This is not a gift a woman wants. We want to give you a little present. What do you mean, what did I get you? I'm the one who's supposed to get the presents. Just thought maybe you could make it worth my while. 
Celebrity life, it's far removed from those of us who are mere mortals. But at the same time, they often reflect what's happening down here on Earth. Take push presents, for example. This has been a thing for a while now, but I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. Um, When we're talking celebrities, we've got cars, motorbikes, jewellery. You know, we're talking about people like J-Lo, Beyonce. Several of the Kardashians have ended up with quite luxury luxury cars after the birth of their babies. Closer to home, though, I know of friends. I have friends who were given a ring or something like that after they gave birth. Mm. Aaron. Yes. Uh, You hit me with the hard-hitting topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Are push presents legit or tacky? Do Mm. women deserve a gift for carrying a child for nine months and then birthing said child? Well, as I said before, I do take my parenting (laughs) cues from the Kardashians because, (laughs) hey. Did you buy Natalie a luxury car? Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, I I I gave her the gift of me, uh, the gift of food and the gift of What a gift. I know, but seriously, before (laughs) he goes forward, he has done a book about feeding your pregnant partner. I did. I I wrote a book about being a house husband and taking care of your pregnant partner. So I believe that my push present was um, quite thoughtful. Yes. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Look, okay. Push presents, I think that uh, a mother, uh, a wife, deserves presents every single day of the week. Um, we love you, Aaron. Well, yeah. You've been trained well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I've had my will broken many years ago. Um, look, I, I did the sobriety thing with my wife. I ate the same pregnancy diet that my wife did. Um, but even though I was there supporting 100%, I still didn't have it growing inside of me. I still didn't have to go through all of those things that... The eczema, the the morning sickness, the this, the that. I didn't have to do everything afterwards. I tried to help as much as I can, but there's no way on earth. If uh, you can afford it, buy a wonderful gift. You know, my daughter asks, uh, because Mother's Day is coming up, obviously, you know, when's it when's it Kids Day, Dad? And I'm like, <laughs> every yeah. day is Kids Day, dear. Uh, look, I, look <laughs> if you can afford it, why not? Um, and you don't have to buy something extravagant. I just think, you know, saying that you care and there saying what nice you're wonderful. There are some nice gifts they were talking about, like, you know, little um, necklaces with their initials on it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know. But it's funny your daughter said that because my daughter this morning said to me that she said, Mother, Mummy, Mother's Day is like you get two birthdays, isn't it? Why do you get two birthdays? And I just looked at her and I went, because I do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> and more. Yeah. Thank you. So, Lita, what do you think about push presents? Um, did you hear my groan before? I did. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I think they're a, uh, a load of rot, to be honest. And because they're stem, they stem from, you know, celebrity kind of, you know, it's keeping up with the jo- Keeping up with the Kardashians, kind of. Good name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and hey. great, great promo there for, hey. the, for the show too. <laughs> um, which I don't watch, I will add, but I've, I've glimpsed at a couple of times. Um, I, I just think, why do we need to validate a birth with, with a present? I, I don't know. I think I'm probably old and cranky, and I, you know, when you get <laughs> you to a certain age, and we you know. just you just don't care about presents anymore. You just want, you know. Sorry, I'm looking hey, at. I'm looking I'm at. I'm closing it on now. fifty here, and I, I care about presents <laughs> very, I, very much. I'm looking at Talitha in horror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Hey, <laughs> I think you should give a present on a Tuesday. You know, I, I don't care what it is. It's too late to marry him. No yeah, other day. We, will you marry me? Uh, yes, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll enter into the Mormon thing and let's polygamy it up. <laughs> Well, that escalated. And, uh, <laughs> and 
Bush presents would be very expensive yeah, if you're yes, a polygamist. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I think that's the real question. <laughs> How many can you buy? Exactly. No, I just think, I, I don't know, it's just another one of those things. There's a, I don't know whether it's an eastern suburbs thing um, or it's, a, you know, like a baby moon as well. You kind of, I think families feel and women feel pressured into doing these things because everyone else is doing them and I don't necessarily think that's fair, you mm. know. Because you can't, not everyone can afford those no. things. Either. and especially when you're trying to, um, you know, you've got a baby coming and it's so expensive and then you've got schooling for the next 12 years or so. That's daycare. Invest in that. And daycare. daycare. Sorry, daycare. <laughs> daycare. Yeah, Let, let's go, go to daycare first because that's, that's brutal. That is a it, it brutal, really is. brutal cost. Mm. It's bloody expensive. Yep. So if you can save your money, I'm, I'm so practical. <laughs> Listen to me. Extremely so practical. And boring. she did air quote Eastern Suburbs, if you notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. The listeners won't see that, but we did. And she means that Eastern Suburbs is Sydney. I, I, but I, I, do I, I think say. it was Eastern stu- Suburbs State of Mind. Uh, yes. Right. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. And Are all Eastern Suburbs in all cities like that, though? That's a very good question. I don't have the answer. Does um, no. Elise, no. We look at Elise. <laughs> come on, Elise. You're like our, um, our brain bank, the- Elise. Come up with the goods. Goodness me. I do live in the eastern suburbs, so I, I just will clarify that. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so you know, yeah. you know your people. Yeah, yeah I know my peeps. <laughs> she knows her peeps. <laughs> well, we didn't insult you that time. We just insulted a whole suburb. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, that's, that's all right. I'm probably going to regret this whole podcast. <laughs> yes. Can we do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, and it, that's what I it's all like about, isn't say. it? Getting in there and really regretting what you've done with your day. Well, well before, before we go on, we should ask Talitha exactly how much sleep she has had yes. from last night. How many, did you count the amount of times the baby woke you? Look, my bubba was to. actually good last night, but I couldn't, you know, when you get to a state and you're wired and you just can't, I think I'd had so many coffees during the day that my brain just wouldn't let me go to sleep. So she but fed once. But she's only for, oh, once, but then you still, you couldn't relate. That is the worst thing. Just couldn't get back to when sleep. When they're asleep and you can't yeah, sleep, that's the worst. You're thing looking ever. at a sleeping baby, yeah. thinking, "Yeah, you didn't get like up and sleep. watch the whole of Game of Thrones or anything." No, no, no. I didn't. No, <laughs> we away. used to watch uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter while my <laughs> wife was breastfeeding. I tell you what, that makes you want to go to bed real quick, smart. <laughs> I just had a micro-sleep. Come on. Dog the Bounty Hunter. If anyone hasn't seen that out there that's listening to this, make sure you uh, Google that. It's some quality programming right there. Awesome. I think I fell asleep listening to the title. There you go. It's fantastic. (laughs) Just see like a Kelpie on the front of a boat or something. Oh, it's much more fantastic than that. (laughs) All right. Well, if one thing is certain, it's that your body will change after giving birth. It's meant to change. But is there too much pressure on women to bounce back? And are fit mums more damaging than inspiring on Instagram? Raising children can be a challenging and rewarding experience. We've landed a man on the moon, but we still really don't know how women labour and give birth. Feed Play Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt, is a bite-sized parenting podcast that's here to walk, skip and jump beside you as your children grow. It's understanding and teaching parents to talk to their kids about knowing that people have different maps of the world. They see the world differently. Feed Play Love, available wherever you get your podcasts. Who are your biggest influences? It's not healthy to keep fixating on one person. We do. I mean, you are such an inspiration, and your words carry great influence. So. Oh, trust me, that one was doing more harm than good. This week, writer Sarah Berry has highlighted the pressure on mums to bounce back 
from having babies. She cites the influence of mummy fitspo on Instagram as making mums feel their own bodies are out of shape and not attractive. So we should distinguish. There's always been the pressure, I think, for women to bounce back, particularly on social media. But what Sarah's referring to are the accounts of fit mums. Um, in inverted commas, I'm sure they are fit, um, who are posting photos of themselves online, looking fabulous in their workout gear. There's not a um, skerrick of baby vomit or anything on them. Um, And people are watching and and looking at these. They're meant to be inspirational. Talitha, what do you think of these fitness mum accounts on social media? Are they inspiring for women to get back in shape, like as in fit? Or are they damaging because they're making women feel like their bodies aren't good enough? Good on them, I say. If you want to race back and, you know, get fit and get skinny in the first two, three, four months, that's good on them. Um, In reality, I find them quite unsettling looking at that sort of thing. I actually recently went through a big cull on my Instagram and I got rid of anything that remotely made me feel bad. And then I was sitting there and I was like, actually, Instagram doesn't really make me feel that good. Yeah, I was going to say, what was left? Just generally, you know, like I I think at times um, there are times when I ban myself from it because, you know, you're comparing yourself constantly. And we used to have this thing on the back door of our toilet, Desiderata, and it says – do not compare yourself with others for always there will, will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. You know, and that's really stuck in my mind. But at the, I have another point to make. I think um, this kind of insinuates that we're all passive people, you know, influenced by different things. I think we also need to take some responsibility for ourselves and go, okay, well, that doesn't make me feel good. That's fine. That's her. I'm just not going to look at that. I'm going to step away from that. Yeah, and take some point. responsibility for our own actions. Yeah, because that's something we kind of forget in the whole discussion yeah. is you can choose who you follow. We're not poor me, poor victims, or oh, she's influencing me, or she's, you know, like take control. You choose to be influenced in a you way. You do, you? yeah. Mm. Aaron, what do you think? Well, um, it's amazing how advertising has changed. You know, you, you look at the advertising in the 50s. I was actually researching some of this recently for another project. And, uh, you know, that ad where the doctor comes out of surgery and he's like, I, I smoke this to make my nerves feel good. <laughs> um, Is that really a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. um, advertising um, has changed uh, and it has become extremely insidious through uh, social media. Um, yes, you can choose who you want to follow and you're right. And people should take responsibility for their actions and what they're doing. Mm. But just remember the 68% of Americans apparently have taken news from social media as fact. Fact. Um, we that's, live in that's, a, that's, that's Americans. Can I just say no? Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, follow down that path quite uh, happily, it seems. Uh, look, uh, the thing is, is that Social media is a place that needs to be regulated in some kind of way and its advertising needs to be regulated, influences the way that they get around a lot of things that should be controlled um, are being circumvented and it's time for responsibility to be taken in this medium. We might have the, the, you know, Mm. the strength to be able to say no, but uh, what about our children? What about my little girl and your sons? Um, This type of stuff it it feeds on people's insecurities yes it sells unattainable lifestyles uh, and people don't always understand that i think that it is wrong i think that there is an agenda that is there if people want to share photos of themselves being fit and i think that that is a fantastic thing 
but most of these things aren't for being fit. These are for selling products. Mm. Um, you know, these are professional shoots. These are Photoshopped things. And I think that there needs to be a reign of control taken um, and we've got some kind of standard. advertising standards, don't yes, we? Yes, but, but advertising has insidiously moved into social media, the same as when it started moving into news posts. And, yes. You know, that's, that's wrong. Um, yeah. And it's really, really wrong because people believe it to be true uh, and it's deceptive. And there's a difference between uh, aspirational and deceptive uh, advertising. And, and I, I sometimes think that, think that the influencers themselves have convinced themselves oh, that course. they're real. Yeah. They have convinced themselves that they're not selling because the products come to them and they're like, well, this is how I make my money. Yes. But it is, it it's is a contract. It's a, of course. I'm, I'm there's sure. There's nothing wrong with advertising, by the way. Advertising, yeah. it, it's, it's what, you know, we've lived with it forever. Yes. Um, you know, but advertising has to be. You know, obvious. It has mm. to be. It can't be insidious. That's it's wrong for it to be that. It's frightening when it's it, insidious. Yes. It's an it's an interesting perspective as well because I I knew a girl who um who who is now an influencer, and um just air quotes again. <laughs> Well, I could hear it in her voice. Yes, though, we could. We could. Yes, yeah. Who, who is an influencer? And she spent probably four or five years building herself up. And in those times, if you're you're trying to make money uh, from influencing, you kind of take anything. Yes. You know, so yes. it's a it's 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 difficult as well from it's, their perspective. Yeah. I guess that said, there are so many irresponsible posts that you mm-hmm. see out there. Um, yeah, photoshopped. I mean, we've seen a number of instances or a couple of instances where Miranda Kerr has photoshopped herself. So if Miranda Kerr has to photoshop herself, what hope do the rest it's of us very, have? very, very damaging. And <laughs> None. You're right, and I'll say it again because I think it's so important, you're right when you say that we can make a choice, but we've got to think about the fact that there's kids, kids. and people who don't get to mm. make that choice and that's why there needs to be regulations and not from the companies themselves because, you know, Facebook recently took a, a you know, a photograph or a series of photographs of women who've had breast cancer and had, um, uh, you know, removal yes, surgery, yeah. but yet they're going to put uh, a live stream of the Christchurch church massacre up uh, on their site and, and deem that to be acceptable. So I think that the, the time has come for what social media um, police and their policing of what they think is acceptable to be challenged and for our governments to step in and go, well, no, actually, this stuff, this is the standard. Well, I think it's more in the policing because yeah. I, I know recently Instagram um, adopted the paid partnership um, kind of thing, which which influencers are meant to put up if they they are in a, a paid partnership. Yet a lot of them don't do it. No, and they you know they don't seem to suffer any consequences. So, no. so no. the regulations, some of the regulations are there, but they're just not being policed. Yeah, perhaps. exactly. Well, there's work there to do. Um, there's an election coming up. It's probably too late for you now, Aaron. But, oh, I'm um, running. Uh, it's, uh, yes, uh, <laughs> fantastic. The dad party. <laughs> Brilliant. I vote for you. Actually, yeah, well, thank, thank you very you much. <laughs> All right, our final topic in just a moment. Parent porn. It sounds naughty. <laughs> right on. It's not. Well, yeah. Well, maybe it will be. Okay. Well, let's find out. All I want, all I have ever wanted is the quiet of a private life. I'll just clean up then. I know you like a tidy house. That was very satisfying. Bobby, this whole thing is turning me on. 
When we become parents, things we used to think were boring suddenly become sexy as hell, like going to the toilet on your own. A Wonder Woman on the internet has posted about her heavenly pantry. Its walk-in full of neatly arranged Tupperware has drawers for larger appliances down below. Aaron, what was once boring that is now the sexiest thing in the world to you? I actually um, dream of being able to go to work five days a week. That would be a good thing. <laughs> I, I, you know, oh, I get to work for an hour here, you know, and they get run off excited. Um, I, I was thinking about this, all the things that I'd, I'd do. Um, binge watch a show like on a Ooh, weekend. That yeah. would be cool. Have a hangover that Ooh. I could enjoy, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know. For all the things that you give up, uh, you know, your life changes for the better and all those things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have you, a pretty good time, I must say. When I, I brought this, lucky. When I brought this up in the office, um, my content director, Ella, just looked at me and she said straight away, she goes, I know what your parent porn would be. And she was absolutely right. It would be a clean toy room. I fantasize uh, about it every time I walk into my kid's bedroom because okay. they've got a little sunroom yeah. and it is the most embarrassing room you've ever seen. Uh, like there there's, It's just full of crap. Well, and it's my fantasy, clean toy room. Do you ask them to clean up after themselves and do they do it? Because this is what I'm struggling with yeah, at the moment. Yeah, look, I'm sure. That's another topic. But... If I was a decent parent, that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've tried a few times. I think the main problem is, as uh, Anita Burgess, our decluttering expert, often comes on and tells me, it's getting rid of the stuff. It's not necessarily yes. them tidying up, although that is part of the problem. It's just that my kids are like bowerbirds and collect crap Things. all they the time. Do. And my son, and the worst part about it is... My son will like need to find like a bottle top or a toilet brush or something that he's oh. found. That sounds terrible. He's never found a toilet <laughs> brush. But do you know what I mean? Just random crap he's picked off off the side of the street. And he will want to find it in that toy room five minutes before we have to leave. Yes. That's my thing. Those things. Look, uh, I feel very blessed that my daughter is, um, we do a nightly uh check of her room. Uh, well, I call it inspection. And, and she, she gets uh, a coin, a 50 cent coin if her room's clean. So she oh, cleans up her idea. room every every night. Great bribery. Uh, to declutter, we um, have a thing where we say that, uh, you know, when Santa's coming or Easter Bunny or whatever, we have to give away some of her toys, give them back to Santa to be able to get some more or oh. whatever. So we swap out the old for the Parenting new. win. They're good, they're good little tricks that I've picked up here or there or whatever. Mm. Um, so I feel very blessed that my daughter keeps her room, you know, quite sparkling and clean and is quite proud of it. Uh, and I think that decluttering is, is all just about convincing them that they're going to get more out. Of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, um, the peak of Marie, Con Marie Kondo, Marie yeah. Kondo's, um, uh, you know, sort of rise was, you know, over the Christmas time when I had my baby. So that's all I was seeing on the internet. <laughs> so I took myself, I said to mum, I've got to sort out this pantry and I want to do it Marie or Mary Kondo's style. Well, yeah. So we went to Ikea and we bought all of the containers and I I'm looked at the pictures on the, about this. Yeah, it was so good. And looked at all the pictures on the internet and I had an idea of what I was buying. I was organized and came back and just did it like that. Three months later, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I wanted to hear. No, it is not sparking joy. Yeah. <laughs> it's an absolute mess. But so, so is that your parenting <clears throat> porn that you that attempted? Maybe. Also silence. I love a bit of silence now. 
just it freaks sitting me out there. silence. Does it? No. Yeah. Sometimes I just need silence. My toddler is quite loud. Yeah, a long fair dinner. Enough. Like a a long meal that's not oh, rushed yeah. that you can just it's a long not cold. A long silent walk on the beach. Yeah. yeah. No, they're yeah. good things. You know. Movies. And going to work as well. Going to work. Isn't it sad? It's really sad. You know, you've but... reached a, an interesting point in your <laughs> life when you want to go yeah. to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I'm so excited that to get to work, work. That's brilliant. Well, you get to drink your coffee uninterrupted. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the main thing. Yeah, or scallop. Yeah. Well, that was our last topic. So, oh. um, but before I get let you guys go off to hopefully have a nap, Talitha. Um, <laughs> um, Do I sound like I need one? Is that what you're implying? I'm ending with yeah, an insult. Perfect. Awesome. I started with she's one. The boot in. Yeah. Yeah. She's Excellent. not going to come back. No, Aaron. no, she's <laughs> definitely out of here. Oh no. Um, where can people find you online, guys? So if they They've listened to your parenting wisdom. They're thinking, I'm going to find out how to make a beautiful pantry and then mess it up in three months. <laughs> um, well, they can find me at www.talithacummins.com. <laughs> oh, my god! When you can't say your name. <laughs> <laughs> Talithacummins.com.au. I um, do a lot of different things these days from media consulting, media training, um, podcasting, uh, strategic stuff, marketing, strategic stuff. That sounds really <laughs> – that's Hire a technical me. term. Hire yeah. me for strategic, <laughs> strategic stuff. Things. Um, <laughs> head to my website for more details. Excellent. And Aaron, are we still doing? Are we? Are you still doing pimp my noodles? And... Uh, yes, pimp my oh, noodles. That's season one a is. Thing. Yes, that's it is. Awesome. It's a cooking show about instant noodles. Great. Um, yeah. No. Uh, look, that season one of, of pimp my noodles is done. You can um, ironically find me on social media at the House Husbands Guide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can we plug your books again? Because I feel like that's of a course, community service. Of course. Of uh, course. Look, I um, my first. Book, uh, a house husband's guide, is a guide to uh, partners cooking for their pregnant uh, better halves. And second book, our meal, their meal, uh, is That's my favourite one. Yeah, it's a good one. It is a, a group of recipes that one dish uh, turns into two: one for the kids, one for the adults. So you don't have to sacrifice flavour to feed your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you said that before. Yeah, maybe once. <laughs> so smooth. Well, thank you both for coming. It's been lovely to have you. My pleasure. Thank us. you for having us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me at Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Elise Cooper. For more information on the show, or maybe you want to do a deep dive onto previous episodes, you can find out all you need to know on our website. Head to babyology.com.au slash parent panel. See you next time.